Warning. The following contains massive spoilers for the designated series. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to the Television Archive, a show where we, the television-loving hordes of the internet, take a deep dive into what used to be in our beloved media. My name is Thomas Michael Clark, and this is Death Note. Today we will be discussing episode 31, titled Transfer. Uh, Alright, bunch of stuff going on in this episode, lots to talk about here. Uh, let's start off with this opening. Uh, the riot outside of the SPK. Uh, this picks up right where the last one left off. Bunch of Kira supporters are bashing in the doors of the SPK. Nier is cornered. Demigawa's cameras are recording everything. Uh, Misa's at the ready, looking for Nier's face and name to write his name in the Death Note. Uh, and everything will be good. Uh, and Nier immediately calls out two very important truths. One, odd how this is perfectly timed for when Light Yagami is coming back under suspicion of being Kira. Weird how that happened. <laughs> Nier immediately calls out like, yeah, this is an attempt to uh, take out Nier immediately after uh, he's suspicious of Light. Immediately after he got suspicious of Light again. And second, he immediately calls out this riot for like, yeah, these aren't, these aren't real Kira supporters. Not really. They say they support Kira. They'll spout Kira stuff. But they're not really Kira supporters. Like, they're just, they're just a bunch of idiots looking for an excuse to wreck shit. And Kira's their excuse. Uh, and, like, he, he calls them out for being selfish and depraved and idiotic. And he immediately, immediately calls this out. He immediately puts this to the test. With his grand escape plan, where he just... Creates, like, a shower of money onto the crowd. And the crowd immediately drops their whole, Yeah, we're gonna get justice for Kira. We're gonna stop the bad men who want to take out Kira. Weird how all those principles that they claim to believe go away when this literal shower of money starts raining down. 
and everyone gets in this frenzy trying to collect all this cash. Like, uh, Kira, who? Who cares? Money! Money, 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 money! Even Demigala is just like, yay, money! Like, the big spokesperson of Kira is just like, money! And it's just like, throwing his camera crew off course just to get more money for himself. Uh, which throws off Misa's view of the crowd, and she can't view Nier's name and face. And then they come out in, like, full armor, like, this big battalion of police, and Nier and his crew kind of slip out with them, like, camouflage themselves amidst the big police presence. And, uh, that riot was a failure. That riot was a horrible, horrible failure. (laughs) It accomplished... Nothing. It accomplished not a single thing. And so now, Light not only has gotten nowhere, in fact, he's actually made negative ground, because now, Nier has additional reason to suspect Light as being Kira. And Nier uses that to sow more doubt in the task force. Uh, On Nier's next call with Light, he just goes to the members of the task force, uh... You guys are watching the same shit I'm watching, right? Like, we're in the same show. Light's definitely Kira. (laughs) The second L is definitely Kira. If you are not, if you are not convinced at this point that Light is Kira, you're an idiot. You should not be in this line of work if you're not at the very least suspicious that Light might be Kira. (laughs) Looking at you, Matsuda. You dumbass! The one person in this entire episode who never doubts light. The one person in this entire half hour who never at any point expresses suspicion of light. (laughs) Uh, but... Nier doubles down on his suspicions, and eventually Aizawa is just like, Yeah, I can't ignore this anymore. And calls Nier. And tells Nier about two suspects being Kira in captivity for 50 days, culminating in that act from Chief Yagami. Uh, Aizawa doesn't say that it was light. It was light Yagami. But Nier is able to deduce that it's light Yagami because why else would the chief go, I'm going to kill Kira and then myself. This is the only way that makes sense. Uh, This is the only thing that makes sense. So the second L is light Yagami is Kira. Uh, And he was able to piece that together for himself. And, by the way, Light throughout the entire thing is like, Yes, I welcome an investigation. I have nothing to hide. Furiously tries to rig events so that he doesn't come under suspicion anymore. Uh, And so after that call, Ayazawa comes back and is like, Look, Light, we got to search your apartment, we got to put you and me under surveillance, uh, you're back under suspicion. And Light's just like, okay, uh, go to the apartment, search everything, you won't find anything. <laughs> uh, and Aizawa and Mogi go over to the apartment, they do find nothing except Misa in very, very little amounts of clothing. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, I think it's Mogi who has to watch, uh, Misa. No, wait a minute. It is Mogi. I do remember this. It is Mogi that has to watch Misa. 
Because Misa does not want to spend a single second around Aizawa's new haircut. She hates Aizawa with short hair. She despises it. <laughs> oh, God. Man, this... <laughs> this show can be funny when it wants to be. It can be really, really funny. I just love the whole, No, I don't like your new haircut. You're not cute anymore. <laughs> uh, I love Misa. Misa's great. Uh, but anyway, Mogi stays to watch Misa. Aizawa goes back to the task force headquarters. And then they start watching this Kira's Kingdom broadcast. Where Demigawa goes wildly off the script and starts fundraising for some temple that he definitely is going to build. It's totally not a con to get more money out of Kira's audience. Clearly not in any way. Wink. And everyone immediately is like, yeah, this is a con. This is very clearly a con. <laughs> and like, just like, damn it. <sighs> Demigala's just gonna do more damage. He's gonna destroy Kira's credibility. He's not useful anymore. I gotta take him out, but I can't. I'm I'm under uh surveillance. I can't do anything. And then out of nowhere, uh all the people on the Kira's Kingdom broadcast start dying, start having heart attacks, including Demigawa. And then Light's like Yes, I picked the right person. And this is where Light's plan starts to get explained to us. So, apparently, Light had Misa forfeit ownership of her Death Note. So she no longer owns the Death Note. She doesn't have any memories of owning the Death Note again. She's completely wiped clean. Just some normal girl. But before she forfeited ownership, uh, Light had her uh, put the Death Note in a package, had it sent to this guy called Mikami with very special instructions. And this guy Mikami, who is a massive... Kira worshipper. He adores Kira. Uh, Light actually handpicked him from watching broadcasts of Kira's Kingdom uh, that Mikami appeared on, and he very clearly saw, like, this guy understands Kira. He worships Kira. Uh, he'll understand that he's been chosen, and he will execute my will and understand what Kira stands for perfectly. And this was his demonstration with the uh, taken out these people on Kira's kingdom, including Demigawa. So Demigawa's dead. Demigawa's gone. He's over. He's done with. That idiot will no longer be, uh, sh uh, just chasing greed. And also, worth noting, Mikami did the ideal with Ryuk. Uh, cause, remember, Ryuk owns both Death Notes in play. Or rather, Ryuk's tied to both Death Notes in play. 
So the Death Note that's at Task Force Headquarters that technically Light owns at this point. Ryuk's tied to that one. And he's tied to Misa's Death Note, which is now in the hands of Mikami. So Ryuk just sort of effed off and was like, all right, I'm, I'm going to go to my other Death Note. <laughs> and went to Mikami and did the ideal. Uh, and I really enjoy Mikami. Mikami is a very interesting character. I kind of like the idea. I love the idea of someone who is a blind worshiper of Kira. Not really important to anyone in any way. It's not like Misa, where Misa is just like, uh, worships Light and is also in this toxic relationship with her. Mikami is just some guy. Mikami's, like, not special in any way. He's just some dude that Light saw and was like, yeah, this is, uh, this is a blind follower. This is someone I can use. Uh, and then, like, we, we basically have this cultist. Like, Mikami's a straight-up cultist. <laughs> and I like the idea of just giving a cultist the Death Note and just like, yes, I will kill... On Kira's command, uh, he has that whole delete, delete, delete thing, uh, which is a really fun little quirk. Uh, so yeah, there's a new Kira in town. And by the way, I feel it's important to mention, because we've made it fairly clear that this third arc of Death Note, we see a light that is way overconfident. We see a light that is way too sure of himself, has way too much of an ego, and, and near flat out called it out. Like, the current Kira is foolish and overconfident. This is another example of that overconfidence, because he definitely just did the Yotsuba thing again. He definitely just did that a second time. He's definitely, like, he's double-dipping. On his big Kira plants. He's double dipping on his big brain moves. Which is not a good thing. Which is not a good idea. It is not a good plan. But I just want to mention that. Like, this is more of Light Yagami in a post-L world being way overconfident. Thinking he can definitely pull the same trick on Nier that he pulled on L. He can definitely do the Yotsuba Gambit again. Just, just saying. Just saying. It worked once. Mm, debatable if it'll work a second time. Debatable if it has any chance of working a second time. I'm just gonna say that. I'm just gonna say that. Anyway. Uh, that's it. If you like this, favorite podcast, anchor.fm slash TV archives, so that you can be here every single Monday through Friday as we go through every single episode of this and other shows, and you can find it on pretty much whatever podcatcher app you prefer. Feel free to call in as well. It's simple as just push a button on the anchor app. I'll play those on the show from time to time if you feel so inclined to send those in. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd, TomTom4468, and support the show. Patreon.com slash Thomas Clark. Let's just a dollar a month. I appreciate everything I get through there. If you become a patron, you can also get access to the Television Archive Supplemental, which I'll be putting up there once every month. Or, if that doesn't work for you, you can also support the show directly via Anchor. I appreciate that as well. Uh, tomorrow, we'll be discussing episode 32. Talk to you then. Hey, guys. We have a lot of fun here discussing teenagers 
murdering people with magic notebooks. But while we sit talking about our favorite Japanese media, Asian Americans across this country are suffering from a monstrous wave of hatred, discrimination, and violence. This type of bigotry is nothing new. It's existed for, well, pretty much as long as America has been a thing, but it has increased dramatically over the past year in the wake of the COVID-19 pandemic and the hateful rhetoric of former President Donald Trump. Average everyday Americans are being targeted every day for no reason other than the way they look, and they need your help. If you would like to help put an end to this horrific trend, please go to GoFundMe.com AAPI and donate whatever you can. That's GoFundMe.com AAPI. Thank you.